0: Hey guys, today I am joined by Jeannie, a New York-based bass artist and producer that's been making her mark on the scene with some of her new explosive tracks released on Subsidia Records and her EP Center that came out in October. She's also the founder behind Girl Gang, an initiative formed to support female artists in the industry, which we love to see. She was one of your EDM's top artists to watch in 2020, and I could not agree more with that. You guys are in for a real treat today, so let's just get into it. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to Rave Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. I am your host, Emma Capotis. What is up? Happy Wednesday, you guys. I hope you all are doing well and having a great week so far. Like I mentioned in the intro, you guys are in for a real treat today. Let me just tell you, I am so excited about today's guest. Um, we had the best conversation, so you guys are really going to love it. And if you aren't familiar with Jeannie, you're going to find out today. <laughs> so I know you guys are really, really going to enjoy today's interview. I can't wait to get into it. But before we dive into things, I just had to say that this is literally already been it's not even done yet already been the busiest month of the year for me and it's going to continue that way I just behind the scenes have a lot going on it's crazy and I'm trying to wrap up a lot before the end of the year but I really quickly wanted to mention something because I'm so excited about it but for those of you who don't follow me on social media I am about to launch my very first online course it's something I have been working on since September like countless hours. And it's called How to Build a Highly Engaged Social Media Audience. So if any of you guys are content creators, aspiring social media influencers, or you just want to learn more, um, this is a course I'm launching at the end of January. It's six modules, 15 lessons, all types of freebies and resources packed into that Um, group community calls on Zoom. And it's literally my exact framework of how I've kind of grown my engagement. And I have I pride myself on having a much higher than average engagement rate, especially on Instagram. So I am teaching you guys everything you need to know about how to grow your engagement on social media, what content you should be making, who your audience is, captions, hashtags, all kinds of crazy stuff. So if you guys are interested at all, it is available to purchase this week. This is my pre-sale week. So today through Friday, this window is closing. It is available for $50 off, a total investment of $247 for everything. And you guys get a bonus if you sign up this week. So if you guys are ready to commit, you are ready to start changing your social media content strategy, I'm telling you, you are going to walk out of this with your life changed. So if you guys are interested, there's a link in bio to join and I hope to have you guys in class you're all invited and I would love nothing more than to spill all my social media secrets to you guys so anyway just wanted to mention that because I am so excited about it and that is where my focus has been getting this course ready to launch. Okay. Quickly, guys, I wanted to take you through our listener of the week. So, if any of you guys are new here, first off, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Rave Culture Cast. So excited to have you here. I like to highlight and shout out our listeners, and these are based on your nominations. So, if you guys ever want me to shout anybody out for whatever reason, please feel free to email me, raveculturecast at gmail.com, and send in your submissions. So, this week shout out goes to our listener, DJ Tide. He classifies himself as an older raver slash DJ and says, it's very refreshing to hear my podcast, hear about how the rave scene has changed and has been flourishing. I was once a candy kid too, so I was there before the additional R was added to Plur, P-L-U-R-R, as well as before the Plur handshake was created. Hope you guys have a great day. And that is from DJ Tide. So huge shout out to DJ Tide. Thank you so much for being our listener of the week. I am thrilled that you are enjoying the podcast and that you are from an older generation of ravers. I think that's amazing. And I seriously am like honored anytime I meet somebody um, because I'm new. I definitely would consider myself new, even though I've been... Raving for like nine years, still definitely the newer generation. So I think that's awesome. Okay, before I get into the intro here, I want to just get into the interview. But as always, you guys, reminders about the podcast please, if you can, rate, review, subscribe, come say hello over on the new YouTube channel, Rave Culture Cast. If you guys want to watch the interviews, definitely watch this one with Jeannie. She's super chill. And we have some bonus clips going up. We did a a quick little bonus interview at the end that will be available on the Rave Culture Cast YouTube channel, so definitely check it out. And of course, you can always join the Facebook group if you guys want to continue the conversation and meet other fellow ravers and music festival goers. So with all that being said, um, quick intro to Jeannie. So as I mentioned, she is a bass and dubstep music producer, artist, DJ, all of the words. And she's been producing for around five years She recently had some tracks come out on Excision's new label, Subsidia Records, which is a huge honor and so cool. I think that was... How did I find Jeannie? No, I found Jeannie through Girl Gang, actually, but then I saw her songs on Subsidia. So Girl Gang um, is an initiative that she founded, and it basically is expanding the presence of female artists in the electronic music scene which is amazing and so freaking needed. They have compilations they do. So if you guys want to listen to music and things like that, you can check out their SoundCloud. They also have done two live streams so far called Girl Fest. That is definitely how I found out. I saw the Girl Fest flyer on Instagram and I was like, what is this? This is amazing. And I loved it because there were all these female artists on the lineup that I didn't know. And I love discovering new music. And then I clicked on it and I was like, Wow, this is amazing. I love what Girl Gang is. By the way, it's spelled G-R-L-G-A-N-G all in capital. So if you want to look it up, they are at We Are Girl Gang on Instagram. And it's this amazing network of women. And I think it's really cool what they're doing. Um, I don't think they're having any more live streams this year, but definitely stay tuned next year and yeah Jeannie has been absolutely killing it um she's been in the scene for a while but has been exploding lately and her new um ep center is amazing so if you guys are dubstep fans bass music fans she's fucking awesome please go show her some love at Jeannie sounds on instagram and stream her new songs do all the things um it's amazing i think she's awesome so you guys are going to get to know her today so please join me in welcoming Jeannie to the podcast I wanted to ask you, I know this is just like a super simple question, but given everything going on in the world and the last episode I did was on mental health of musicians Mm -hmm. in this industry, I just want to ask you first off, how are you, how are you doing and how has this year been for you?
1: I'm good. Thank you for asking. It's been hard, but I think if you just focus on the positives, you know, whatever they may be, I think, you know, it makes things a lot easier. Yeah, for sure. It's just a weird time, but you know, we all have each other. So. Well,
0: it seems like you've definitely had a lot going on and you've been like filling your time with different things. And so I want to start back from sort of like the beginning. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about your story of producing music and what got you into it and sort of like how you started your, your whole project as Genie?
1: Yeah, totally. So I got into like EDM in, It was pretty much the end of high school going into college. My best friend was like, hey, do you want to go to EDC? Um, And we went to the one in New York. I didn't really know anything about it, but I knew enough. So I like made a tutu and a flower bra and like all this candy. (laughs) And it was just so cool. I mean, it was like the best experience. Then after that, I was kind of hooked throughout college. And after college, um, I think I started producing first. But I remember I worked at a restaurant and... A friend of mine at the time who worked there with me was a DJ and he kind of showed me the basics and stuff. And then I bought my own controller and kind of taught myself. And around that same time, I started to learn Ableton. So I just kind of sat down one day. It was like the day after my final exam in college, like immediately after. And I started a notebook. I like wrote all my little notes in it to like learn Ableton. And then that's awesome. Yeah. I think for like the next year, it was just nonstop. Like I didn't sleep. I was up until 6am mm-hmm. every day, which was probably so unhealthy, but <laughs> I just like kept going until I was like, you know, comfortable with what I was making. And, mm-hmm. and then I started to get a little bit more into DJing again after like a year or so. And so Got and it. Then everything just kind of went from there. Oh my God. And what year was that in when you first started? Oh my God. I don't even remember. <laughs> it was, I think, Five years ago now.
0: Okay. So I was like gonna say, because New York stopped in 2016. So it must have been like yeah. a little before then. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so interesting. So, so when you first like went to EDC or when you were first starting to like teach yourself, what was your like, what were your musical interests then?
1: Like, who were you listening to? Um, definitely a different sound. It was like a V <laughs> and Blau and like all those mm-hmm. big room um, DJs. And then I got into like Trap and Future Bass. a while and now I'm more like just on the like dubstep bass music thing but it's definitely I think like my taste and also what I've been making has just like changed so much over the past five years yeah so yeah
0: wow that's crazy I was gonna say I think a lot of people sort of probably around our age like started with like those heavy hitters or like the people that you know what like helped explode EDM kind of in like mid 2010s But what, like, who are your musical influences now, would you
1: say? Oh, my God. Um, It really (laughs) depends on the day, which is why Mm -hmm. I think, like, some of my music sounds so different from each other. Yeah. Um, But, like, right now, I've really been inspired by Company, um, Must Mm -hmm. Die, Excision. I'm just, like, also really inspired by my friends all the time. So, like, I think Mm -hmm. that helps a lot, just hearing their music. Um, I've also been loving Louis Jacks, or I think it's Louis J., Okay. Um, and they're kind of more like hybrid type of sound. So, yeah, it kind of varies, but those I think are the ones who the are most ones. inspiring me right now. Yeah.
0: Awesome. I'm kind of curious like two things. One, given what happened this past year and spending a lot more time at home rather than being on the road or going to shows, like, do you think that's affected what you've been listening to? Or like, do you think that's helped you discover a different sound for yourself because you've had time to just like be at home and kind of focusing on it?
1: Um, in a way, sort of like in my free time, I usually kind of listen to different things anyways, like I've always listened mm-hmm. to like, metal or like, more like rock based stuff. So mm-hmm. that hasn't changed so much. But I've definitely gotten into more drum and bass this year. I think mm-hmm. um, I still do listen to a lot of bass music, especially when I'm just trying to get inspired. But right, right. I will say like, I think I've discovered a lot more artists this year just kind of listening Mm -hmm. to things in different situations. And like when you're at home, you're not going to listen to bass music all the time and headbang in your room. I mean, a little different times. Yeah. yeah. So (laughs) I love that. There's so many
0: TikToks out there right now that are Mm -hmm. like, it's that same theme. It's like, you can't listen to this during the day. And people are like making breakfast with like dubstep (laughs) blasting in the background. I'm like, I I mean, we kind of do listen to it all the time. I know know what you're saying. I mean, Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I'm obsessed with TikTok. I was gonna say. you are. Oh my god. No. I feel like everybody kind of like got onto it this year. Yeah. I don't know. Especially the EDM community is huge on it. I've been discovering like so many different artists through that. And I feel like seeing new faces than I was seeing on Instagram or on YouTube. Like there's I don't know. It's just kind of like ex- exploded. I would even say like the EDM and Raven community just on TikTok alone.
1: Yeah, definitely. My whole feed now has gotten to just like music and it's so (laughs) I'm so happy about it but that's awesome what do you think about
0: the current state of the bass music industry or like what's coming out recently
1: I know Um, that's a loaded question (laughs) yeah in terms of shows it's a little weird I Mm -hmm. think like on the bright side I mean I think it's so cool and this is just across music in general that people Mm -hmm. have been kind of still finding ways to throw events like drive-ins and Um, I guess live streams fall into that so I think that's cool Um, but in terms of music I think it's actually I don't know I feel like it's kind of gone up and down this year like Mm -hmm. right now I feel like there's just been so much music because I feel like that's what artists need to like really rely on right now right right, right. especially with all the subsidia compilations and just Mm I feel like a lot of labels are doing compilations right now there's just so much good music Right. Um, so I think it's kind of cool. And I feel like people are more explorative, I guess, of their sound right now, just because like you said, people aren't listening to dubstep all the time. Mm-hmm. So no, it's so
0: true. Well, you touched yeah. on a good point too, because even like this, like just to get into like all the subgenres of bass music, I feel like pe- before it was like obviously dubstep and then riddim and like a couple other ones. But now I don't know if it is just like being more knowledgeable about EDM genres, but it's like future bass, melodic bass, melodic dubstep, like all these smaller genres seem to like really be taking off right now. So I'm always wondering like what is going to be the next big thing? I don't know. Do you think about that at all Mm -hmm. when you're making music or do you just go with whatever you're feeling?
1: I kind of just go with whatever I'm feeling. Like sometimes if I hear something really new and cool, I'll try and use that as inspiration, but it usually ends up sounding completely different (laughs) anyway. But no, I think you're right. Like I've been hearing, um, I think they call it like Future Rhythm. There's like a new label called Halky. Right. I don't know how you say it. I'm like (laughs) awful pronunciation, but Leo Tricks was just on there and like put out a really cool, Mm. weird sound. So I think you're right. People are definitely making a lot of weird, different stuff. I think it's really dope.
0: Yeah. And even, I mean, obviously not this year, but even festivals in general, like I think the popularity of specific bass music festivals going to continue to grow when they come back because obviously excision starting lost lands but then you have like base canyon and camp Bisco and all these other festivals so yeah. i don't know it'll definitely be interesting and you played some drive-in events too like how was
1: that experience yeah. oh, it was so weird i mean it was amazing <laughs> because i haven't had that feeling in so long mm-hmm. but at the same time it's not the same because everyone mm-hmm. is separated and i'm so grateful for it that like right even possible but you don't get the same energy of like a crowd and everyone together and like I feed off of that so much and I know a lot of other artists do so mm-hmm. it was great but it was also like not the same you know
0: <laughs> yeah and were, were you traveling for those or were those mo- more local
1: um I traveled but I just had to drive so the one I played with subtronics in Pennsylvania I think was like a six hour drive but okay my friends were playing shows at the same venue. So there was like a month or two where I was driving up like every other weekend, it seems. So I was kind of used to it, but by the okay. end I was like, all right, I'm out.
0: <laughs> yeah. I can't even imagine. It's so, yeah. it's such like a weird, a weird time though right now, because even on the East coast, like in California or Texas or Arizona, like they've been throwing drive and raves like pretty frequently, but around mm-hmm. here, it really is just Pennsylvania kind of seems to be the only state that seems open to throwing them. So like I haven't been to a live event since March, right? Like pre COVID was the last one. So I cannot even imagine what that experience is like. It seems like people still keep the spirit alive though. Like people are getting dressed up and still bringing flow toys and like all that stuff. So I don't know. What is it like looking out at just like cars?
1: (laughs) It's cool. I mean, people have been like decorating their cars and stuff and Mm -hmm. getting flags and it's cool. I mean, the one that I played had rails for everyone. So like People like have so their own cool. little rails. Oh, so it's cool. You know? <laughs> They're still getting into it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's cute. I mean, it honestly, whatever we can do to keep things alive and like at least have a little bit of a live event experience. I think like you kind of just have to take what you can get. And I, I keep saying too, people like you can come back like later in your life and be like in 2020, I played drive in events, which who knows if they'll even continue to be a thing when real yeah. events come back. So you can kind of say you experience them, which is cool. Yeah, no, it's really cool. That's awesome. And okay, so I want to talk about Subsidia as well because I know your new single, Rage Fatigue, just came out on the volume Two. But walk me through like behind the scenes of that. Like how does that come together? Were you already working on that single and then got approached to be on it or were you approached to be on the compilation and come up with a single for it?
1: So originally I was on the first Subsidia Mm-hmm. Like, round of compilations, the launch, and at the time I had sent them a few different songs. So, they picked um, Doomsday with Jenks, which mm-hmm. I think she actually sent that to them. But around the same time, I sent them like three other ones. And so, okay. we put out Doomsday on the first one. And they were like, We'd actually like to save this one for the second one. So, I was like, Okay, nice, so yeah. I Done already, and then they came back recently and we're like, Okay, we're gonna launch a second compilation. Um, do you still want to release this? And I was like, Hell yeah! So then you know, we did another release with them, and it was awesome. They're the best. Wow,
0: yeah. it's such a cool I mean, I know like comp- compilations aren't a new thing, but I feel like the first announcement of subsidia, just like as a record label, and then not only that, but like, Oh, and also here's a hundred new songs on three different volumes. I feel like it just gave bass fans like everything they could possibly need. And like, there's absolutely no shortage of new music. So it must be like cool just to be a part of that. Cause it was such a big drop this year too.
1: Yeah. It's so nice. I feel like the community too, like all the of fans and artists are so supportive mm-hmm. of each other. And I think it's just like its own little community that's kind of been built, which is really cool. And Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there was so much music. I think it took me like so long to go through all of it. But oh it, was my God. it.
0: I can't even imagine. Have you been able to like stay in touch obviously this year with other um,
1: producers and DJs? Yeah. So I've definitely done, I think more collabs this year than I have mm-hmm. any other year, just because I think people have gotten bored of producing alone. And yeah, like, you can only do it for so long before you start to go a little crazy. So I've definitely done (laughs) more collabs um, than usual. Um, I've seen a lot of friends at those drive ins. Mm -hmm. And other than that, yeah, I mean, I think just people, especially like in our community, like Without shows, there's not really much to go off. So I think artists have kind of just been really supportive of each other more than ever, which I think is really cool.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, it's the only way to connect right now, too, right? Like Zoom meetings and just like kind of FaceTiming people and like having that break from being by yourself or just with family all the time. But do you have any um,
1: dream collabs? Or like people you're dying to work with? <laughs> um, definitely excision. That would be like yeah. my all time favorite. Um, <laughs> I'd love to work with company. Uh, Sudden death. I think like Peekaboo or G-Rex would be really cool. Ooh, yeah. um, I'd love to make something with Zeke Beats. I think we would make something really sick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then I'd love to just like obviously work with more women too. Cause I think it's really fun.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, there's like the energy of all the people that you've performed with too when live events were happening and things like that. Like I was gonna ask you, what are the characters? Cause I went back on your feed and I was watching like all of your videos from like shows in New York and things like that. So like, how would you describe a live genie set? Like what are the characteristics of your set?
1: <laughs> um, it's kind of crazy. I try to make every set as like different and as fun as, as possible. Mm-hmm. So usually I'll like, Play bass music for the most part. Sometimes I'll like throw house in the middle if I'm like feeling a little spicy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I usually end with German bass for like 10 or 15 minutes. Mm. Um, And then, yeah, I just try and make like fun edits for everything and play a bunch of underground stuff that not everyone else is playing because I think one, that's just really fun for people to hear Mm -hmm. new stuff they've never heard before. And I'm always on SoundCloud looking for like new underground artists that like make really cool shit. So, Mm. Yeah. I think that pretty much covers it.
0: Yeah. I was going to say it looks very high energy and like yeah. people go absolutely nuts. So I was
1: like, I have to be at a genie set when events come know. back a hundred percent. I seriously don't know where I get that energy. Cause I'm so like <laughs> chill, like in my daily life and I'm like always tired and I just, I don't know. It, like it's a different person. Turns on. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I, actually, I want to ask you, so the last episode I did was about mental health in the EDM industry and like just talking about DJ's lifestyles and like how Mm -hmm. crazy it is. So for you personally, how do you feel about balancing real life and then what your normal tours or schedules and things like that? Like, how do you balance and keep like a healthy lifestyle at the same time?
1: Um, it's definitely hard. I mean, I personally haven't toured that much, so I haven't experienced that kind of like I guess you could say isolation that I think a lot Mm -hmm. of artists experience. Um, But I think one, like some of the most important things are just being healthy and working out. Because I feel like when I work out regularly, I just feel so much better, Mm -hmm. like mentally. Um, And so I think that's a big one. Also, just staying connected with people is really easy because I'm the kind of, or it's really helpful because I'm the Mm -hmm. kind of person who, I'll just kind of like isolate myself and not reach out to anyone for a while. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I should probably like go see <laughs> someone or hang out with people, which like, obviously, you know, is a lot harder now, but yeah, I think just connection with other people is really helpful too. Mm-hmm. i have heard people say that therapy is really helpful. So I always, I feel like I should probably do that. We should all do that. So that's right. I think in yep. that situation would probably be helpful when you don't have a lot of people to connect with all the time, just traveling by mm-hmm. yourself. So
0: yeah. yeah. No, I I would echo everything you say. And I I mean, I just keep telling myself too, and I said this on last week's podcast, like, if you can get through this year, I feel like you can kind of get through anything. Cause I I just yeah. saw today that um time their magazine cover for the year was like 2020 with a huge X through it. And it was like the worst year in history is like what their tagline was. I was like, okay, great. And they were just talking about things that have like happened in the past and like older people and what they've lived through. And they were like, literally no one has ever experienced anything like this year. So if you obviously can still produce music or still work hard at your craft or do what you're doing, like you're just, you're getting yourself, you're progressing more than you think you're progressing, even though we're not like out and doing things and things like that. So I don't know for you right now at this, at this time, like, what do you, what are your goals right now?
1: Or like, what's kind of driving you every day? Um, honestly, I go through phases where I'm really motivated and then I'm not motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually shows are what would motivate me, but I think right now it's honestly just the fans. I feel like people have, I've, I feel like I've gotten more support this year than I ever have. And it like, is so mm-hmm. crazy to me. And I feel like just every like little message or comment or like, it just like motivates me to keep going and keep making music and doing right. what I can. So that I think helps the most. Yeah, for sure.
0: What was the response like to your EP center? Cause I loved all the tracks on there that came out I great. Think- and that came out back in
1: October, correct? Yeah. Like the yeah. Week before Halloween. Okay. Yeah. What was the yeah. response like from your fans? Oh, it was so good. I mean, I've had that EP done for like a year, I think before it came mm. out. So okay. I was kind of not that excited about it by then. Cause I was like, ah, oh, this is like so old, you know, like I <laughs> heard these songs 200 times. I don't want to hear yeah. them ever again. But then like the response was so great that it just made me so much more excited again. So I was mm-hmm. so happy with it. Like, I think that's the most like cohesive um, project the most time I've put into a project. So it was like really nice to just see everyone be happy about it.
0: Yeah, no. And huge congrats on that. I mean, do you like, how do you feel about the frequency of putting things out? Because obviously it's not the same as like a pop artist or a rap artist where like they put out a thing and then they tour and then they have time off. Like you can put out as much as you want or as little as you want. So Mm -hmm with like dropping singles right now, like do you feel any pressure to put out another EP or do you feel good about like putting things out when you feel right about them?
1: Yeah, I think I kind of just go off what I feel. Um, Mm. This earlier this year, I feel like I wasn't putting that much out just because I was working on so much stuff and it kind of felt like Mm. I was maybe behind everyone else, but I just like pushed myself because I was going to have so much music by the time I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> it'll all be worth it, and it was because now I have so much music schedule that I feel like I can just like relax for a minute and mm-hmm. um, work on new stuff. So,
0: yeah, what's your process like? Do you like like to sit down like crank a song out, or, or are you a person who like works on it, comes back to it, that kind of thing?
1: So I usually make the basis of a song in like a night. If I don't like it by then. I'm I just like toss it um, okay. a lot of times I will go back to older stuff and be like oh this is actually cool and I'll work on it again mm. um, but for me and I've heard a lot of other producers say this too like I'll make 75 percent of a song in one night and then the rest I'll spend like two weeks on just like little things like fills and like mixing it and just adding in like little effects mm. so mostly I'll like finish everything in like a night and then just like kind of fine tune everything as time goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Do
0: you have, I know this is like picking your favorite child, but do you have a favorite track that you've released or a favorite one at the
1: moment? Um, I think it's actually rage fatigue, which is the one you just put out on subsidia. Yeah. That or burn from my EP. I think those are like Mm. my two favorites.
0: Nice. That's awesome. Oh my God. Okay. I want to ask too, like, so now that you're at home, like, what's your setup like at home? Do you have like a space that you like to create in or a studio
1: or anything like that? (laughs) So I get made fun of this so much, but (laughs) I usually just produce in my bed. I have my laptop, my hard drive and my headphones, and I'll just like sit there and produce. Sometimes I'll go to my desk and then I'll just like Get tired because I like usually produce late at night, so I'll just go back to my bed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and I've gotten so used to producing on my headphones that I just know how everything sounds, right? So that's usually what I'll do. Um, at my apartment in New York, I had like KRKs and everything set up, so it was a lot nicer. But Mm -hmm. when I moved back here, I just never set really anything back up again, and then I got CDJs, so I used my monitors for those, and I was like, I'm just gonna produce my headphones for now. Yeah, and whenever like this ends and I get like a new apartment, then I'll like set everything back up. But I'm so used to it now that it just like works for me.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. kind of, you know, what you're doing and it works. How how about for live streams? Do oh what do you god. Where do you situate
1: yourself for that? <laughs> oh, god. So I set up my CDJs, I got like a new camera, which <laughs> I found out only records for 30 minutes at a time. Oh, my Yep. Yeah. That's yep. crazy. I it's never. That's so knew annoying. That. Yeah. It's the worst. I like recorded a whole set and then I realized and I called my videographer friend and he was like, yeah, they usually only record for 30 minutes. I'm like, great. Why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty simple. I mean, I just have that. I like have my CDJs routed into my laptop. Um, mm-hmm. I had like a screen behind me for a while but I just like took it off and I decorated for like a sinner stream. I did, I put up balloons and stuff. So it's pretty simple, nice. but it was like super stressful to figure out. <laughs> Well, I
0: I can imagine because not only that, it's like you got to make sure that technology is going to go right and now you're worrying about your camera and then you're hoping the stream doesn't like break up or that like the Wi-Fi is good. So like it's a
1: lot of pressure and you're live too on top of everything like that. I feel like for you too, like people think YouTubers have it so easy and I'm like, it is so difficult. (laughs) Like I have so much respect for what you guys do because it's so stressful. Like I don't think people realize how much like – Effort goes into that,
0: yeah, for sure. And it's it's definitely I'd say YouTube's more on like the, the writing the scripts beforehand and then the editing after. But yeah, no, yeah. it's a lot. And even for did you see for your Couchland set that you did like the whole obviously it was like a green screen or something like that, like yeah. all the effects
1: they put in. But did you know what it was going to look like before? I had no idea. Like <laughs> we, I recorded it on a blank wall in the background with like a ring light, and it was just okay. simple. And then I saw it live and I was just like, oh my God, right. <laughs> it was insane. And then they redid it too. So for the videos that we actually posted after they redid everything. So it looked even crazier and wow. I was like mind blown. Like, I don't even know how that's yeah. possible. <laughs> I was gonna say, I would
0: expect nothing less from them. Cause it's just absolutely ridiculous, their production yeah. level. But when I saw you like sitting in the middle of this crazy thing, <laughs> it, it genuinely blows my mind. Cause it's like, would we have been able to do this if this year didn't happen? Cause even Tomorrowland, like they put on a whole virtual festival this summer that you had to buy tickets to. And I was like, even a little hesitant. I'm like, Oh, is it worth the money? But I wanted to support the festival. And Mm -hmm. what they built online that you could like click around to the different islands and the stages was like, honestly unreal. I think they're doing it again for new year's Eve, but it's, it's amazing to see like what they've done
1: with these live streams. It is pretty cool. Yeah. I haven't seen anything about that Tomorrowland one. I'm so interested. I'll have to like, look that up. Do you know if it's online anywhere? I think, I
0: don't know if they're, I know it's like tickets for sale for New Year's. I don't know. I was like, I was going to say, I don't know if it'll be as big as the summer one, but I've seen them teasing the stage designs again on their Instagram and it's ridiculous. Like I put it on my, I streamed it on my TV And literally during the Eric Pridd set, I was like, I kind of feel like I'm in his set right now. It was so good, the production level that they had. But I mean, whatever we need to get us by right now. Yeah,
1: that's so (laughs) cool. That's kind of what I'm telling myself. Yeah,
0: Yeah, no, but that's all been good. But I do want to talk to you about Girl Gang because I think this is such a cool initiative that you started. And I think it's very much needed right now. Just this year in general, I feel like more people have opened their eyes to – like the lack of diversity, to be frank, in the EDM community and the EDM industry and non-festival lineups and also female artists. I think like it goes without saying every year, the DJ mag top 10, top 100 or like the top 101 producers of the year, like are always lacking female representation on them. Mm -hmm. So to start off, could you just tell everybody a little bit about what Girl Gang is and why you started it?
1: Yeah. So Girl Gang is a community and label I started um, for women and non-binary people in dance music just to kind of come together and have a platform. Um, So I started it, I think it was two years ago now, maybe one year ago. I'm horrible with time. (laughs) But um, I originally was going to start it as just a production workshop because I was seeing a lot of um, Mm -hmm. DJ workshops. I know Kittens was doing Um, A women's only DJ workshop, but I wasn't seeing a ton of production stuff. So that's initially what it was going to be. And then it took kind of like a year to figure everything out. And by the time, you know, I spent putting everything together, I was like, I can make this so much bigger than just a production workshop. So I started it Mm -hmm. as a group. We have a Discord, um, which is amazing. And then I started doing releases earlier this year, um, label releases. So we did a compilation. We're doing another one this month. Um, And then we've been doing live streams now too. Mm -hmm. So we've been doing Girl Fest, which is like a virtual festival. Um, We just did some more one-off streams a little bit before that. And then we just did the second Girl Fest too. So it's a lot Mm -hmm. of things, but I'd say like at the forefront, it's just a community mostly. Yeah. And what's been your favorite part about working on this? Um, I think it's being in the discord with everyone because everyone is just so supportive of each other. And I feel like Mm -hmm. no one else in the industry, like, I don't see that much support for each other from like any other group. I feel like, and it's just so Mm -hmm. nice. I feel like you could ask anything and like people are always there and it just seems like a family that we kind of built.
0: That's awesome. And is the discord open to anybody or just like any aspiring artists or people who are already working? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So as long as you're kind of already in the industry, like I'm, mm-hmm. there's not really like requirements, I guess, For sure, um, but like artists, managers, um, podcasters, um, literally anyone, as long as you're like in dance music, like I think right. we can all help each other. So. I love this so much. I think yeah. it's such a cool initiative and
0: it's really been awesome. The girl fest idea is so cool. I watched the first one and it was awesome, but how Mm. how
1: do you put those together? Like, how are you building the lineups and stuff for that? Oh my God. It, so the first one I did everything by myself, which was a lot harder than I anticipated, but I I kind of, yeah, just got together a lineup of like people who I think were like killing it at the time um and who i thought were really awesome djs so i just Mm -hmm. reached out to everyone put together this lineup and then i think the first one was over two days so i just kind Mm of put together like an order of what i think would be like interesting and flow well and sound nice and everyone put together like the coolest sets ever like the visuals and everything i was so impressed so it was really cool (laughs) Yeah. And it's not just, um,
0: base artists, right? Is it open to other genres as well? Any genre. That's so cool. I was going to say, I'm, I'm always impressed at like what people are able to pull together, whether it's like lighting that they put up or like backgrounds that they throw behind them. It's, it's cool just to like see their personalities come through. And it also feels like weirdly intimate because you're in someone's house so yeah. I feel like that connection has definitely happened this year even with some of like the biggest DJs in the world you're like I'm in your living room it feels intimate
1: yeah or like in Chet Porter's swimming pool that he did underwater <laughs> yes. like I don't even know how that was <laughs> possible but yeah it's so cool that was ridiculous. I'm like- yeah. So impressed by everyone's setups all the time.
0: Yeah. And so are you, cause I, I know this is a big thing, especially for people listening to this podcast. They're really big on discovering new music. So for you, I know you mentioned SoundCloud, but how are you constantly looking for new artists to like bring onto the festivals and bring into the
1: label? Yeah. So um, usually I'm like searching SoundCloud or Instagram. Um, we have a website where you can sign up to join So people um, will use that and then I'll find them through there. Um, We have an amazing A&R named Jackie, who I'm so grateful for. And she like brings a lot of girls on and people on that like are really cool. And yeah, it's just kind of like a whole mix of things.
0: Cool. So if somebody wanted to pitch themselves to you, there's something on your website, right. That they can apply for.
1: Yeah. So you can apply to join the discord. There's a form to submit your music just for a Spotify playlist. Um, and then once you're in the discord, like you can apply to like put out a mix or do like an Instagram mm-hmm. takeover or any of that. So I'm kind of just cool. always like looking for ways to support people in the group. Yeah.
0: Are there any female artists right now on your radar that you would like love to have in the next
1: Girl Fest? Um, I'd love to have Kiva. I think she's such a sick producer. Um, I don't know if it's Hades or Hades. I think mm-hmm. she's incredible. I'd love to have her. Um, unique. I've been trying to get her on one for so long. <laughs> um, that would be awesome. And then just, I don't know, there are so many people killing it. I feel like I could throw a thousand and still have people yeah. left over. So we're, we're manifesting the next Girl Fest. Yeah. <laughs> when is the next event? I know you just had one. Are you going to wait till after the holidays, you think? I think so. Um, I might go back into doing just like one-off streams just because it's a lot easier and it's Mm -hmm. a lot quicker. I don't have to set up a whole thing every time. So yeah, we'll see, but probably after the holidays, because this month we're doing a compilation. Um, So I think that's just going to be the focus for now.
0: Yeah, for sure. And would you see this in the future expanding to a,
1: a real festival or a real event? Oh my God. Yeah, that's like the goal. <laughs> Even just like a stage at a festival or something, I think would be really cool. Ooh. And I was working on that before, but okay. then this happened. So hopefully, yeah. once things pick back up, it would be really cool for sure. Oh my God. I'm so there. <laughs> yeah. You have to <laughs> have join on the by East the Coast. Way.
0: I know. I was just going to say I'm going to be joining right after yes. this. But oh my God. That would be so good. It just feels honestly like, as a female EDM fan, it just feels so good to see like a female artist up there on stage. I know that sounds cheesy, but I I remember when I first saw Anna Leno play EDC main stage, EDC Las Vegas main stage, and I'm pretty sure she was the first female oh, okay. artist to do that. I just remember being like, this is amazing. Like this is a moment and seeing Alice in Wonderland up there. I just think it's so cool. And In your experience, like for the most part, how have you felt as a female producer, especially in the bass industry? Like, has it been a welcoming environment or have you felt like there have been obstacles?
1: Um, I think it's a little bit of both. So, I think for one, it's almost a benefit because you stand out more because there's Mm -hmm. so many men that, like, just being a woman, automatically you stand out. But at mm-hmm. the same time, like, I have gotten comments, like, how did you get booked for this show? Or, like, you don't produce your yeah. own stuff or, like, all that kind of stuff. But I just ignore it. It doesn't doesn't affect mm-hmm. me anymore. And I feel like, at least for me lately, it's a lot less of the negativity. I feel like people are becoming more open to it. So I just Definitely. try not to get, like, even with girl gang and stuff, I just like to support all these artists because they're dope, not just because they're, mm-hmm. like, you know, so, um, yeah, I think kind of goes both ways. Yeah.
0: And hopefully, I mean, moving forward, I think, especially given this year, I think people are more open to it and realizing like there definitely needs to be a more diverse range of people that we're listening to. So I hope people also on the receiving end of the music are just being more open-minded and not even like considering that, like you said, or it's not even a factor, whether you're male, female, like whatever. Um, but I think the initiative is amazing. I like wish you guys the best of luck. I can't wait yay. to see. I discover so many new artists too, based on your lineups, which is like the coolest thing. Oh, because exactly. I'll see you post the girl fest lineup, and if I don't recognize any names, there's that many more female artists that I find to listen to. So
1: I appreciate you oh, putting yay. that those lineups
0: together. I know it's yay. hard work. I can't even imagine.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Uh, I had someone run the last girl fest, so it took like so, it was so much better. Yeah. But- yeah. That's, that makes me happy. Cause I think like, that's honestly the main reason I do it. I want people to like mm-hmm. discover new artists. So yeah,
0: yeah for sure. And before awesome. I let you go, I wanted
1: to ask too, do you have any advice to
0: any like aspiring producers and DJs who are listening, who want to get into, you know, producing or even just get into the bass music industry?
1: Yeah. um, I think just be patient, keep going. Like it's so especially right now there's so many new up-and-coming artists all the time Mm -hmm. um I mean I've been doing this for like five years and I still feel like I'm like up and coming and like trying to like make my place in the scene um so yeah just like keep going and don't give up I know it's like so hard so many times Mm -hmm. um And yeah, don't be afraid to like reach out to artists. I've sent so many artists my music and you just never know like who is going to listen to something and end up playing it or Mm -hmm. giving you feedback even. So don't definitely don't be afraid to send your music out because I think it took me a while before I started to do that. Right. Um, And also, I think just right now, I want to say like it can be so you can get so wrapped up in it. It's like really time consuming and draining, but I would say just make it a point not to like neglect your mental health and Mm -hmm. the people you care about and making time for them. So I think that's really important too.
0: No, I appreciate, I really appreciate you saying that. I think that's to your point. You've been at this like grinding for five years, <laughs> yeah. and then all of a sudden you feel like there's a momentum building, which is how I feel it's happening for you. And then it like yeah. all of a sudden happens, and like your name's on all these lineups and things like that. But it takes so much time and effort. And I would throw in to get on TikTok and make yes. TikTok videos.
1: <laughs> oh my God. It's so fun. I wasn't on it for a while. I was kind of like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to make any, but I just started yeah. to make them and it's, I'm addicted. It's really fun.
0: <laughs> it's, I've been finding, because like, it's a separate medium. I, I remember back in the day with Vine, like Shawn yes. Mendes started out as a freaking Vine star and same thing. Like I'm getting so many different producers because the mixes are so popular popping up on my for you page. And I've been watching mm-hmm. these artists Like absolutely pop off on TikTok, so it's like if you just want to throw a couple quick videos up on TikTok, it's another way to get your name out there too.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like I've I feel like I've already gotten a lot of like new like fans and stuff from TikTok from like three videos, so it's totally worth it.
0: That's so funny. What a weird world we're living in. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, Yes, seriously. My (laughs) last question for you is: What are you like the most excited
1: about right now? Um, I think I'm most excited about all the music I have coming out. I have, I would say like the first quarter of like 2021, like all set Mm -hmm. with so much stuff. So I'm really excited and just excited about like the future of bass music in general. I feel like there's just so much good music right now. So I'm excited. Awesome. Well, plug where everybody can find you and connect with you and girl gang yeah so I'm at genie sounds on everything um, girl gang is at we are girl gang it's just grl gang uh, WeAreGirlGang.com. dot and then the soundcloud is just girl gang
0: awesome okay I will link everything below and since this was amazing I cannot wait to see you live one day Ooh. or see a girl fest live I think that would be amazing and I'm really excited to see what you come out with next year and to see Girl Gang grow. So I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was like the most fun interview I think I've ever done. Thank you. I'm so (laughs)
0: nervous. All right, you guys. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jeannie. She was so cool and so chilled out. I absolutely loved getting to know her um, and just talking with her. I think it's so cool. I don't get to interview artist that that much anymore and i really really enjoy it and i love her sound and her newest single rage fatigue is awesome so again do all the things show her all of the rave culture cast love um go stream her music give her a follow on instagram at genie sounds and definitely go show girl gang some support at we are girl gang and again it's spelled g-r-l-g-a-n-g um they have all all kinds of compilations out so there's never-ending music if you guys um want to listen to something and again if you are a female artist listening and you are interested in joining it there is a submission form on their website so you guys can definitely reach out to them if you're interested in joining that community um I think it's so freaking cool and I'm a part of the discord now so I'm so excited (laughs) I joined like immediately after we had that conversation so Uh, Really, really cool. But anyway, um, let me get into EDM news here and then we will do songs of the week and then we'll wrap this whole thing up. So I have quite a few um, bits of industry news this week. Not so much festival news. What else is new? Um, But first off, this is just a little quick teaser because anytime I see something happen on social media, I'll, I'll jot it down and be like, I need to bring this up in the podcast. And I saw a quick... Post on Homebase's Instagram stories recently, and they were teasing a, a Homebase record label, which sounded amazing. And I like screenshotted it. I haven't found anything on it since, but it sounds like Homebase Records is coming, people, and I think that's going to be amazing. So I will definitely keep you guys posted on that. Um, also, for those of you who aren't familiar, I know I've talked about Homebase. I had Brian, the owner and founder, on um, this fall. But home base is basically like a stay where you play uh, event company and um, it's a base out of Florida. So if you attend like EDC Orlando or some of their own events like Hotel Elsewhere, Dirty Bird Camping, um, yeah, you can basically stay there. They do after parties, pool parties. They shuttle you to the festival and all that fun stuff. So really, really cool company. Um, I saw online that Kygo is going to be offering some tutorials of how he makes music, and it's all a part of this um, company called Monthly. So Monthly is a Silicon Valley startup, and it has tapped uh, celebrities and well-known creators in their bid to break into the e-learning space with their model of immersive 30-day online classes. So they announced that Kygo is going to be one of those people and he is launching a course teaching you end to, the end-to-end end process of how he produces his hit songs. So if you guys are interested and you want to learn that, definitely check that out. Again, that's monthly.com. Okay, next up, I wanted to mention Grizmas, which I know a lot of you guys are excited about, but basically Grizz is putting on his seventh annual Grizmas, which is A annual charity series that happens for 12 days. It's uh, a live stream. It's happening over Twitch and Zoom this year. The events are going to be, they already started, but it's December 12th to the 23rd, and it raises money for the nonprofit Seven Mile Music, which benefits music, arts, and coding programs for Detroit's inner city youth, which is freaking awesome. Some of the events that are happening, there's a jazz stream, which is really cool, between Grizz and Friends, a yoga day, a global mic night for fans to show off their own musical performances. And the final night of the series is going to be a huge live stream festival featuring performances from artists like Destructo, AC Slater, Jay Wara, Blunts and Blondes, and Sun Squabby, and a ton of other artists. So yeah, if you guys are interested, that's going to be going on. It's already happening. Definitely check it out. Grizz is just like A light in the dark. He's just an absolute sweetheart in the EDM community and a wonderful human being. And I just feel like he brings so much light and positivity to the EDM industry. So I think it's really, really cool that he does that every year. So definitely go support it and check it out. Um and then in another that sound that didn't sound like a sentence. (laughs) I talk too fast for my own good. In another initiative. Um, brownies and lemonade is putting on a char- charitable event la gives back it is happening this weekend december 17th and 18th it is a 24-hour global telethon which is very cool broadcasting on twitch um, all proceeds are going to help the homeless which is absolutely amazing and the lineup is huge you guys some of the highlights on eric andre bauer and holly tom morello snake hips Young Baby Tate, Brain Feeder, Pussy Riot, and so many more. So that is happening this weekend. No shortage of live streams or music. You guys are pretty covered throughout the end of the year. Um, Okay, and then in festival news, I wanted to read this from Hangout Festival because we got an update from them. And honestly, I'm surprised other festivals kind of haven't taken this approach yet, but it's just an update from them. They basically said, hey, we're missing you. Uh, In a normal December, we would normally be dropping our lineup for the festival next year. However, putting tickets on sale and picking out our beach outfits, as we all know, isn't going to happen right now. So um, as you can imagine, COVID is still presenting us with some uncertainty with respect to our usual planning for a May 2021 event. We like to encourage... We like the encouraging vaccine news out there, but it's still too early to tell if we can move forward with the hangout experience y'all deserve. Therefore, rather than announcing the lineup now, we're going to continue to monitor the situation and give you another update by the end of January. Until then, let's all do our part to keep each other safe and think positively. We appreciate you and thank you for your patience uh, and understanding during this unprecedented time. So... I appreciated that update. Again, it's just going to be really interesting to see who else follows suit because we know that there are some major festivals that are scheduled for March, April, and May. And I'm sure they're all thinking the same thing. But I appreciated getting an update. Um, I'm personally waiting to hear from Electric Forest. Totally random. But usually in December, they drop their lineup and tickets go on sale. And we haven't heard anything about the event in 2021. And that is the one that I'm like holding my breath about. So we shall see. I feel like... We're going to have to figure out what happens with um, this vaccine. And speaking of that, my last news of the day, um, Live Nation president says concerts will resume at full capacity in summer 2021. Let's read this together, shall we? Basically, the founder of or the president of Live Nation Music put out some news saying that they are expecting live tours and concerts to resume in summer 2021 and they're obviously basing that off of the news of the vaccine potentially being distributed more widely by then again we have no idea i'm trying to watch the news to see what the latest is but it basically says they're starting to get more clarity about when we can return to live events Um, in the key u.s and western european markets it continues to be our expectation that by next summer we'll be back with our major outdoor shows Our amphitheaters here in the United States festivals globally uh, will be able to do those shows, which is promising to hear Um, regarding safety protocols. He said he didn't anticipate based on the expected distribution of the vaccine by next summer that outdoor full capacity shows would return first. Um, So obviously we're all going to wait and see what happens. I want to get excited like I truly do want to get excited, but we just don't know. So we'll see what happens. All right, you guys, I want to jump into my songs of the week because I have three absolute bangers this week. I will be sharing the links in the Facebook group community if you guys aren't already in there. Um, but let me just hop into these three. OK, so my first one is the from the new EP um, from Chris Lake and Armin Van Helden. And my favorite one off of it is called Work, you guys. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that they came in freaking hot at the end of the year. With this EP and this song, 100% is going to make my top releases of the entire year. It is that good. It's their song, Work. It is the most infectious house beat. Like the bassline and the buildup in this are so fucking good. And I just cannot help but move to this. Like we don't expect anything less from Chris Lake. Like, hello, he's absolutely amazing. So the two of them together, the whole EP is great. But Work, hands down one of the best tracks of the year. Another one that I really loved is from an artist that is new to me. This song is called Frickty, I think, F-R-I-C-H-T-I. And the artist is Keld. I think it's Keld or it's Kield. I'm sorry. K-E-E-L-D. I saw this because I follow Bite This Records, which is Jaws' label. And this EP was released on Bite This Love it. It's a really great, groovy, bass house track. Um, And I really liked the the EP in general, but Frickety was my favorite. Good one to dance and shuffle to. So definitely check him out if you guys aren't familiar. And then lastly, we were blessed with an amazing, quick little EP from Dylan Francis and TV Noise. And first off, I fucking love Dylan. He's hysterical and everything he does makes me laugh. Just like his personality and his sense of humor about his music. So they released this EP that's called... Festival bangers for when festivals start again because there are no festivals. And the song "Booty Bust" is fire. It's so good. It's loud. It's booty popping It's a great trap slash moombahton track. It's so much fun. Um, I I can't wait to see him play that live. It's gonna be so good. So anyway, yeah, those three are my top picks for the week. They are also in my new music Friday playlist, which comes out every Friday. If you guys are interested, definitely subscribe to that um, and you'll get the latest and greatest in EDM delivered to you every Friday morning. Whew, I just got nice and mellow on you guys. I hope my voice is nice and relaxing. Anyway, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you all so much for spending time with me on your Wednesday or whatever you are listening. I truly hope you enjoyed the interview with Jeannie. I love to have people on here who are making this community a better place and Jeannie is definitely doing that in more ways than one so you guys need to put her on your radar give her a follow at Jeannie sounds go check out uh girl gang g-r-l-g-a-n-g at we are girl gang on instagram they are on soundcloud and again if you guys are interested in working with them you can apply on their website um go stream her newest single rage fatigue it is on subsidia's night volume two check out her ep sinner Um, And again, you guys, I would absolutely appreciate it. If you are enjoying this podcast, if you enjoyed this episode, please make it your Instagram stories today and tag at Rave Culture Cast. Um, You can come join our Facebook group community again. We just hit 500 members, which is so amazing. And you guys are absolutely incredible. I'm loving it. And yeah, last up, if you need a Christmas gift idea or a Hanukkah idea or whatever you guys celebrate definitely check out the Rave Culture Cast merch line. We've got hoodies, long sleeves, beanies, all of your winter needs. Um, so thank you to anybody who's supported that already. And yeah, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back next Wednesday with another amazing interview. Bye, guys. <laughs>